Hey everybody, welcome back to MV Andromeda here in Key West. Sunny Key West today, starting to get a little bit windy. Uh, last time I checked, I believe we were running just around 16 mile an hour for the winds. We got a cold front coming in overnight. That's going to be kicking up towards 30 mile an hour sustained is what's forecast. I'm not sure we'll actually get that or not. Uh, but it's going to be windy. It's going to be windy for a couple of days. Uh, I'm probably, I'm probably going to just lock down in the boat during that time. I don't like to go out when it gets blustery like that. Not that I can't. Not that I'm worried that it's dangerous. It's just, it's a lot of salt spray. I don't, I don't need that. There's, I mean, especially if I can stay in. I, if I've got all my tools and materials, I don't need to get anything special. <laughs> I'm not going out. So, uh, anyhow, yeah. Um, I'm super close to the, to the video. Uh, it's my phone. I'm super close to the, the video camera right now because it is so windy, and also I don't have my lapel mics yet, so I've got to rely on the microphone and this phone. These are the growing pains uh, that you get to experience with me. So, super close up, you can see that my hair is a mess. I've got to go in and get that trimmed. It's been very long, but, you know, it is what it is. Whatever. Boat hair, don't care. Um, so today has been uh, not very eventful on work on Andromeda itself. I've still been busy trying to finish up my work over on the Tiki's because uh, we had a good day of weather yesterday and for the next week or so it's it's gonna be well except for that cold front coming in uh, you know it's gonna be normal wintertime weather on the higher side of the winds um, and I, I have some projects over on the Tiki particularly staining the deck refinishing the deck that you don't want salt water splashing up like even little drops of salt water, you, you don't want that interfering with your, your process. So uh, I took advantage of that yesterday, uh, had the cleaners working on that, helping them with that, and decided to do some other repairs. Today was more of the same. We got the outside done yesterday while we had a good weather window. Today, like I said, it's picked up and it's a good day to work on the inside. So they're finishing that up over there right now. And I worked on the generator. I have a pretty elaborate start-stop system rigged up to the generator on the Grand Tiki, which usually works pretty good, but when inevitably things go wrong, it's difficult to troubleshoot sometimes. And if anybody knows anything about troubleshooting, whenever there's two problems at one time, that makes your job so much harder because um, you just don't know what's what. So that's what happened for me. I had one area that... Uh, I had a bad ground wire connection and I had another area that I had a bad relay. So two things at the same time. Eventually figured it out, got it taken care of, checked that off the list. The um, underwater light is another one that I've been working on and of course while I was working on it I had a loose wire in the compartment with me and it bumped into the circuit board and made contact with something in there. and. Now the display on the circuit board, it's an eight channel um, relay controller. Now that circuit board, the screen is shot. It doesn't, I mean the board works, but I can't read what's, what settings are. And I of course have to go in there and adjust settings. So got to order one of them. I had to order new paddle boards. There's just a lot of work. There's a lot of work and I, I, I hate having to do it, but it's the thing that pays the bills right now. So I've got to do it. But anyway, um, I'll probably continue on tonight working on generators and stuff since today is pretty much shot as it is. Because uh, I have, <laughs> I think I have two generators right now that I have to tear apart and fix. 
I have one that's already tore apart. I've been waiting for a tool that I had up in Pennsylvania, uh, a puller to pull the, uh, what is it? It's like a magneto, I guess, off the back of the, the generator. And I have to re-epoxy a magnet back onto the magneto wheel itself. So, you know, I got my tool now, I gotta deal with that. So what I usually do there is, since the salon is just plywood floor, I use that as my workroom. I got the TV set up in there, so I'll make myself a nice little comfy spot on the floor, kick the TV on, throw on a show that I don't really want to watch in the first place for some background noise, and sit there and play with the generators for a few hours. Um, part of me doesn't even want to do it, honestly. Right now, I'm up to, I think I have 10 generators set aside just for the purposes of the running over on the Tiki's. Uh, I had one on, on board Andromeda here that I was using for quite a while and it ended up, oh that's the one with the bad the bad magnet. That fell off and it also started to have a problem I believe with the starter. Yeah, it had a problem with the starter which is, uh, that's pretty common with these Furman generators are the ones that I use. The starters constantly, constantly go out and whenever I buy a new generator, which I have two brand new ones sitting here ready to be marinized, or I should say ryanized, and I will take the generator apart, pull the starters off, and grease them because there's a little technical part. There's a little finger, it's like a, it's called a Bendex, a gear. There's a wheel on the gear that as the inertia of the, the starter engages, it flings this wheel out into the flywheel, and that's what engages the starting mechanism. Well, those, those teeth on that initial gear, every time it it kicks on it, it just because it's not greased at all it's just metal on metal it takes a little bit out of that right at that initial spot it takes a little chunk of metal out every single time and after enough times it develops a groove in those teeth and then instead of the the second part of the starter being able to slide smoothly across that it gets stuck on that lip and then it doesn't go anywhere so uh I grease them up so I can do that, but it's a huge pain in the ass to do it because I have to literally completely pull the whole generator apart. It doesn't have just two bolts on the outside, the bolts are on the inside. I gotta take the the pull, uh, the pull start mechanism off, which to pull, take the pull start mechanism off, you gotta take the generator housing off and pull it out of the kit. It's, it's a whole rigmarole. I hate, hate, hate doing it. Um, so this time I'm gonna try something a little different. I'm just gonna drill a hole into the side of the the case there where that spot is that I need to grease and I got some lithium grease and I'm just going to stick the little straw in there and blast it full of lithium grease and then that can just become you know like a monthly maintenance thing um, I mean I do have it budgeted in to just basically throw the generator in the trash after six months but it's a waste of money when I mean, they've still got plenty of life in them um, it's just it, it becomes more of an issue of maintenance uh, you know, who's going over there to fix the generator this time, especially if I'm not in town and I got to pay somebody to get out there and deal with that. That's, that's troublesome. But I digress. That's mostly about something other than Andromeda. Um, the side for Andromeda is, you know, I have a, uh, 240 volt power inverter set up on the boat here. Those little Furman generators are only 120 volt. And the Victron power inverter system requires 240 volts coming in out of some shore connection or a generator or something in order to charge up the batteries. Really, in, to be able to do anything with the Victrons, you have to have it 240. So uh, I can't really use it for that. But, you know, 
while while this has been a good couple of years, you know, with that influx of money from the government lining everybody's pockets and spending, and Key West has done particularly well through all of this, you know, I've had some luxuries that I've not been used to in the past. Uh, the way things used to be was I didn't have any money, and I had to scrounge together everything that I could to make anything work. Every little bit of comfort that I could squeeze out of the operation came at great time and effort cost to me. So I'm still sort of stuck in that, you know, I guess in a similar way, like uh, people who grew up in the Great Depression, you know, even when it wasn't the Great Depression anymore, they still have those habits, you know, it's like ingrained within them. And that's still sort of in with me too, because it's, it's pretty easy to count on being poor. It's much harder to count on being rich. And so I err on the side of caution with that which is why I still have all these half-busted generators all over the place, because you never know when I'm going to have no other choice but to use those. Um, long way around to saying with Andromeda, even though, like I said, about the power inverters, the Victrons requiring 240 volts, if I reconfigure them with the laptop, I can make them accept 120 volt. I don't like to, um, especially considering things like the stove runs on 240 volts, the many of the air conditioners run on 240 volts but I've strategically placed some um, 120 did I say 240 the air conditioners a lot of them run on 240 but I've strategically placed some 120 volt air conditioners like in the master cabin that'll have 120 volt I'm gonna put one 120 volt in the salon area and I think another 120 volt probably in the galley. I'm not entirely sure just yet where I'm gonna, I have an extra one. I found some more cheap, 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 really good. I got three, three air conditioning units, marine air conditioning units, 16,000 BTU, 120 volts, three of them for 800 bucks used. One of them, the guy said it doesn't work, uh, or it works, but it hums. And when I got there and picked it up, he actually told me that it was getting a E4 message, which E4 is like the renowned code for not getting enough cooling capacity flowing through the system. So I might actually be able to fix it. If I can't fix it, whatever. Still having two of them for 800 bucks, that's a steal. So I went ahead and picked up those. Um, and now I'll be able to put them in places that I just didn't have the money to spend $2,400 per unit to outfit some of these other areas that really don't need it. They don't really need the air conditioning, like, for example, back in the Lazarette, where I have the washer and dryer and the diesel tank, and it's mostly a mechanical room. Like, I don't need to have air conditioning in there. Uh, but if I have a cheap air conditioner, I'm going to put it in there, because you never know, and especially in the summertime when it gets super hot. If i got to be in there folding laundry, you know, I might want to have an air conditioner. But anyhow, I digress. Point being... These little Furman generators uh, are good backup generators. So in a pinch, if my main 240 volt generators go down and I got nothing else to do, a couple clicks of the button and I could reconfigure the system. I won't have all of my systems available, but I can flip it over. Additionally, if I wanted to run, really the air conditioners are the, the 240 volt. The only other 240 volt load that I, I really would need for anything would be the windless. Um, and I can use the inverters. What I can't use in the system would be the inverter charging units. I also have a separate 120 volt charger. So I actually did that the other day because I had some customers over on the Grand Tiki and it was very still out. And when it gets really still, the sound carries a lot. 
I got up early in the morning and wanted to, oh, actually my batteries were almost dead. Um, cause I had been doing stuff the night before and I didn't run the air conditioner cause I didn't need it. So I didn't run the air, uh, the generator cause I didn't need it. So I got up and the batteries were almost dead. And I'm like, oh, I gotta run the air conditioner cause the sun's not going to be out pumping juice for a couple hours. So I kicked on the little Furman, I stuck it in the shed dock over there and just ran an extension cord over to my battery charger and plugged that in. And there you go, I got a thousand watts of charging off of a smaller generator. So there's benefits to that. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit, th these kind of conversations are, I'm sure not really interesting to a lot of people, but I know there's a few people out there that are, you know, at the edge of their seats listening to how awesome this is. Uh, but, but that's uh, that's one of my backup systems. Speaking of backup systems, one that I hadn't really considered for the boat until this became a problem for me, as I had mentioned in yesterday's video podcast, I'm gonna have to start using the correct terminology for this stuff. So in yesterday's podcast, I talked a little bit about how the davit crane failed on me the day before, and the the, the tender got stuck six feet off of the water. And when the, when the, when the thing collapsed, you know, there's like this, let me see if I can do it with my fingers. There's this open compartment where the crane is. So the crane arm goes like this, right? And when you pick the crane arm up, as long as it's up, you can access this. But what happened is it collapsed and it completely locked me out of those controls. And there was no way, there was no way, cause I mean, I got 1300 pounds of boat hanging on this and I had no way to lower it, and I had no way to pick this up so I can get into that compartment. It's a bit of an Achilles heel, honestly, that whole system. I don't, I don't really like it. Uh, so what I ended up doing was getting my, my one-ton chain hoist and hooking it on to the, the end of the boom. I had, you know, had the boom there, the cable comes out of it. I just wrapped a line around the end of the boom, put a, put a bowline knot on it, took the other end of that because it was kind of at an angle, and I was worried about the line sliding off the end of the boom. Took the other end of that bowline line, took it back to the, uh, to the base of the crane arm, and tied it around there so the knot couldn't slide off. So I hooked on the chain hoist there, lowered it down, hooked it into the, uh, the eyelet of the harness on the actual boat itself, and then raised it up a lot, little bit so I could disconnect the cable and then lowered it back down the rest of the way. So chain hoist is not a tool that I would really expect to use on a boat, or really anything. Uh, but that, that proved a very good point that, you know, that's a function that it would, it would work really well for in the event of a bad failure, such as I experienced. Sorry, I'm going to burp. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's that's one of those one of those things. Um, what ended up happening, I think, because I, I tore that davit completely down after I got the boat off. I pulled it all back up, opened it up, disassembled the whole thing, like the whole thing. I I tore it down to where it was just the electric motor and the hydraulic pump itself connected, mated to each other with bolts. So I unbolted the two and separated them and. At that point, you just have the guts of the motor and the loose arbor inside of there. So I pulled that out and I checked in, you know, just a visual inspection of the windings, which that in and of itself is not really the way you check the electrical windings on a motor to tell if the insulation has failed or not. 
which is fine. But this happened in such a way, it didn't seem like it would have been far too coincidental that that would have been the failure point. Uh, but it was behaving in a way as though it was, uh, the motor was locked up. It was either, you know, like it was, the arbor was just completely locked and not able to turn, or the start capacitor was failed, which I checked the start capacitor. It was within tolerance for the, for the capacitor itself. Checked the wiring, the wiring all seemed good. And even when I had the pump off, like I, I disassembled the pump, drained all the oil out of it, brought it down into the salon and hooked it onto the power down in this section. And it was still having the same problem, just would not go. So after a thorough inspection of all of the components, and, and also I, you know, with my finger, I just turned the, the hydraulic pump because it, it turns freely. It's more of a, a speed of motion that, that causes the pump to work. It's not like it's hard to turn. So I was able to turn it with my fingers. Everything was loose. Everything seemed to work fine. So once I got it all put back together, it ran. I, I didn't do anything. It just, it worked again. So whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about that. So I put it all back together and had it working, reassembled the arm. It was dark at this point yesterday and I had to get it done because I knew the wind was coming. Got it all reassembled. And the, so there's four button controls. There's the cable in, cable out, boom up and boom down. Boom down, up, and cable in all worked, and then all of a sudden, cable out didn't work anymore. So, um, one of the good things I did learn out of the instruction manual from the original installation of this thing was that it was—it's got these magnetic solenoids inside, valve actuators. So, if you can imagine, uh, probably the one you would be most uh, familiar with. Would, be either like a log splitter or perhaps the you know on the back end of a tow truck and you see they got all those little levers on the end of the truck to control the cylinders that's basically what this has you know on top of the electric motor there's a valve body and then there's these two pins that stick out of it and around those pins inside of it there are there are little magnetic valves and around the outside of that is where the these magnetic electromagnets go. And when you send power to it, it creates a very strong mag magnetic field that opens the valve inside there that allows the fluid to go and do its thing. So instead of having a hand lever, you've got these types of levers instead. And like solenoids do, sometimes they get sticky, locked up. You got to knock on them with a hammer or whatever to make it free up. And uh, that's what it said in the instructions. It said, if you have a problem like this, tap on it. And I tapped on it, and sure enough, it started working again. So it must have been that uh, for at least one of them, maybe it's all of them, maybe that was the problem all of this while. Because if, if none of the solenoids up, open up, uh, and they, uh, I don't know, that wouldn't have been it. But if, yeah, if, if none of the solenoids opened up, and you just ran the pump, then you would just be forcing fluid into nothing and it wouldn't go anywhere. But that's not the problem because I disconnected that entire thing and ran it without even having a valve body on it at all and it still didn't work. So I don't know, I don't know, it doesn't matter. I do need to get one of those solenoids and probably should get a couple of backups too, just to have them around. Um, and you might think, well, why don't you just replace all of them? You know, how old is that Davit? That Davit is, uh, how old is that Davit? 30? 
It's 30 years old. Those components are 30 years old. Well, maybe not quite 30. The publication was uh, 1994. Actually, no, the bill of sale was 1994 too. So yeah, 30 years old. Um, I say if it's run for 30 years and it's not broken, keep running it. Because the stuff that they make now, I feel, is less reliable than the stuff they made then. And I have definitely been in situations where I've replaced something just because, oh, well, you know, it's, it's old. Let's just go ahead and replace it with something new. And then the new part fails shortly thereafter. So, no, I would rather just buy the spares and put them aside, and I'll use them when I need them. That's sort of the way I go, to go about that stuff. Uh, so, anyhow, boom arm works up and down. Cable in works. Cable out, sometimes. But at least the boom arm is working so that, like I said, I can raise it up and access that compartment that's underneath the boom, even if I do have to tap on it. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's the redundancy I was talking about, the manual, manual. Uh, I guess, an override is a way to consider that. Chain hoist. you got to have a chain hoist. Uh, what else? What else I've been doing? Not much else. You know, that's that's a that's a pretty good bit of it. I was looking around. You know, I've been looking around for the last few days trying to figure out what the next step is on the boat. What's the next very next thing I'm going to work on? Tomorrow, my plan is just to focus on the boat. Uh, there's no cleanings tomorrow. There's no maintenance tomorrow to do on the on the tiki's or anything like that. So I've got time. I've got time. The weather's going to be crap. The boat's going to be rocking back and forth, but whatever. It's part of life on a boat. Um, and I think I'm going to work on the wall. You know, it's, it's hard for me to see the forest through the trees on this project. Or rather, I guess, the opposite of that. I could very easily see the forest, and it's what overwhelms me. What I can't see is each individual tree, and that's really how I have to focus it. I have to break it down into one little bite-sized project at a time and just work on that project. Otherwise, I get overwhelmed and lost, and I end up just standing there staring at everything. So, the, the wall in the stairway that divides the stairway from the master cabin has to be put in. Like I, I should have put that in months ago. I just never did because it's the floor is not falling through. It's braced up enough that it's fine to you know have general foot traffic across. But it needs to get done. Like it's one of the most important things to get done at this point before I can get guests in here. So uh, if I focus at that, I don't see any reason why I can't get that entire wall and door frame put in tomorrow. If I give it a good, solid go-through, should be fine. Now, as I've looked at it, you know, because I, I, I left some overhang on the flooring when I, when I installed that. If you remember, I tore out all the flooring in that back section in the salon and then raised it up a little bit so that I can gain a few inches of headroom in the master cabin. And uh, that new flooring, I left it hang over a bit into the stairwell because I didn't know how far I would need to cut it back. I gotta be careful when I cut it. I only want to cut it once. Uh, cutting it twice and still having it too short ain't gonna work for me. So it'll take some time to check it out. I'll do that when I do my morning coffee drinking. That's typically how that goes for me in the mornings. And uh, get that knocked out and start 
the process of reinstalling that plexiglass railing that goes around there, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, oh well, actually, you know what? No, I can't. I can't reinstall that right away because I, what I want to do is buff out all the scratches. So you know, over its lifetime, it's collected quite a bit of scratches. And some of you might remember that when I first got the boat in the water, left it at anchor. I had all the doors, all the interior doors, were stacked up on one wall. And stupid me, I didn't strap them down. And the boat caught a big wake on its side while I was gone. All the doors fell over, smashed right into that plexiglass. Luckily, it didn't break it. It blew it out of the frame, but it made a very nasty, you know, opaque white mark on it. So I've got to clear that off. Um, and also, I got to find some glue to use to re reconnect everything. Not really sure what they use for acrylic. I think I did. I knew it at one point. I just don't remember. I'll have to go back and research that. Um, and also the lighting. I have rope lighting to put in around that to re-illuminate it as it used to be, which would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> part of me feels like it's going to give off like uh, Chinese buffet vibes, <laughs> but, but it's still going to be pretty cool to say, you know, this is one of the original fixtures of the boat. I wish I knew who did the design. That, that would be not much more interesting. But I'll get that all put together, uh, wire it up, and I think by seeing that level of completion, it'll motivate me to continue on and do more. Uh, one of the other things I've been looking at getting started as well is the cabinetry in the salon, getting all those pieces cut and put in. Really, I, I was hoping to be done with all the major construction by June of this year, but it did not happen that way. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember why, but there, I remember that there were, there were reasons, clear reasons why it just didn't get done, but uh, it needs to get done. I need to stop having tons of sheets of plywood in my shed dock over here because I have a bunch of stuff in the salon and in the master cabin that needs to get put somewhere and it's going to go into that shed. So one whole half of the shed is just plywood and boards. And I only have plywood and boards for that purpose, you know? So, um, or, you know, the purpose of working on the boat. So um, once it's out of there, I'll have some space and I can shift stuff around. It's not really too far from having the major construction done. The trim work, that'll take some additional time, but uh, I can work around trim boards. Much harder to work around full sheets of plywood. So anyway, uh, I gotta get running here. I've gotta go get the cleaners. They are done over there. Gotta run them back to shore and then come back here. And like I said, start working on generators. So thanks for checking in with us guys here. Uh, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, do all that stuff that you're supposed to do that I don't know how to do. And I will catch you tomorrow. Take care, everybody.